Man, I'm excited. We are in a series called Battle Born, and I uh, start with a story. Um, our kids at Meadows, our youth kids, 6th grade through 12th grade, they go to camp next week, don't you guys? Excited? See, I'm glad you are. When I went to youth camp, I wasn't, okay? I hated youth camp, sorry. It, yours will be much better, I promise you. I, uh, 11 years old, I went to youth camp for the first time, and I'll, I'll never forget it. And so you need to understand about me at 11 years old, I could not swim, so, so most of my friends could. I couldn't swim. And we go to a, a, a camp called the Jim River Ranch Camp, so we know there's water. And we get there the first day, and the very first day at the James River Ranch Youth Camp, we were going to go canoeing. And I thought, this is awesome. That's great. We're going to get in a body of water. I can't swim. And uh, so we needed to do some things. And thank God there was life jackets. But these life jackets were old school. Some of you kids, you won't even know what I'm talking about. But there used to be life jackets. They were just like this orange puffy thing. And you kind of put it around your neck. And it comes out here. Remember these? Anybody remember those? And you strap them right here. And see, you strap them right here and you hook them. But then there's a little tie here. And the cool kids... Uh, which I was not, but the cool kids weren't, weren't tying this. They just left it hanging. They, you know, they just clicked this. And, but me, I was different. Again, I couldn't swim. I lashed it here. I tied it here three times, and then I basically wanted the counselor to duct tape it around my body a few times. I didn't want it to go anywhere. So we get in the canoe. We grab, we, everybody had an oar. All the kids had their little oar. So we get in the canoe, and we start doing this deal slowly down the James River. And uh, the, there's a canoe coming up next to our canoe with kids. These kids in this canoe had no clue who Jesus was, and you'll, find, you'll know in about a second why I tell you that. So they're in their canoe, these, these demons, and they have their, their, their oars, and they come up to ours, and they start poking our canoe. And I'm like thinking, I will kill you. Don't touch our canoe. Like, I will beat you with my oar. And they're hitting us, and they're rocking our canoe a little bit. And here's the bad thing. Not only did those kids not know Jesus, the kids in my canoe didn't know Jesus. Because they thought it was kind of fun to do this. And I didn't. So they start doing our own, my own allies here, doing this deal, making it rock back and forth. I kid you not, the next thing I knew between them hitting us and us doing this, our canoe flips over. So I'm underneath the canoe, I cannot swim, underneath the canoe, and I thought, this is it. Again, this is how it ends, 11 years old. And I'm trapped underneath it. So I'm doing this, I'm, the water's right here, and I'm hitting the canoe, and I finally get out from under the canoe, and lo and behold, my life jacket is literally floating right here in front of me. And the only thing keeping it from going, like, floating down the river is the little thing I tied. It's catching my chin. That's it, this little thing right here that no one else tied, but I tied, it's because this came unsnapped. So it's, so it's up, and I'm like, I've never been so still in my life. I just sat there, like frozen, until somebody rescued me. I was freaking out. So again, your youth camp is going to be much better, okay? I don't think there's even a river at, in Estes Park, Colorado. But uh, I was freaking out. I'm, I, I share that with you to tell you that... Number one, I'll never go back to camp again, okay? <laughs> what you need to know, two and a half days later, my mom came to get me. It was a five-day camp. I made it half the, half the way, and then I was bawling uncontrollably. 11 years old. My mom had to drive two and a half hours to come get me. I don't know who's happier, me or the camp counselors. They're like, get this kid out of here, out of control. So my mom comes to get me. I hated camp, almost, almost drowned, almost, you know, still thought I'd still be at the bottom of the James River, but it was, it was miserable. And I share that with you because we're in a series called Battle Born, and this series is critical for you, maybe bigger than you think. 
Because in this series, over the next eight weeks, as we unpack God's word, I'm going to show you how critical every piece is. Every piece, every piece that you arm yourself with, you need every one. If you're, if you're going to win the battle of life that you're in. How many of you, you know you're in a battle? Some of you know it, right? Some of you felt it this morning just getting the, the kids and the family ready for church. I mean, the fact that you're here, this is a win, right? Good job. I'm proud of you. I mean, because it can be difficult. My gosh, wrangling the kids, wrangling the family, that's not easy. Maybe you guys got it all figured out. I don't know if we do, do we, Jody? We've had our days. We've had our days going to church, going in the car, kicking, screaming, fighting, and that was just Jody and I. Then there's the kids. And that, I mean, you guys, don't tell me it's not just the Gannons that are going to church and we're fighting and the kids are in the back yelling, screaming, going crazy. I don't know how other dads handle it. I don't always do it right. I think there was one time I remember turning around and saying, I don't know, something like, knock it off! Like, keep your hands to yourself. Don't touch him. Don't touch her. Quit kicking. Quit screaming. Quit crying. Otherwise, I will give you something to cry about. Oh, my gosh. All right? Now, put a smile on that face. We're going to church. We're going to worship Jesus. I mean, gosh. Woo! Welcome to Meadows Church. Um, we're in a battle. Some of you, it might not feel that bad right now. Maybe things in your life are cool. Maybe things at work are all right. Maybe things in your life are in, internally or externally. Physically, mentally, you're all there. Okay, I'll tell you, praise God, but tomorrow's coming. And if you're not going through a storm today, well, tomorrow's coming. So we are in a battle. We are in a fight. And this is why we do a series called Battle Born. The first thing is acknowledging it. A, a, a movie that many of you have probably seen called Lord of the Rings. There's a scene in Lord of the Rings where all the, the kings who are in charge, they're all together. And they're trying to convince one of the kings, hey, listen, we got to get, get the troops ready. We're going to battle. And the king is reluctant. And you know what he says? This is what the king says who doesn't want to go into battle. He says, I will not risk open war. And the other guy says, you know what? Open war is upon us, whether you risk it or not. And I would venture to say, open war is upon you. Whether you want to acknowledge it or not, we're going to acknowledge it. And God is going to equip you. But we are in a battle. We are in a fight. And I think God wants to know, are we prepared? Are we ready? Are we, are we battle ready? Are we battle born? I need you to turn to two people. Can you turn to two people and say, I'm battle born. Tell two people, I am battle born. I am battle ready. So the whole premise of this series that we're going to do for the summer is out of Ephesians 6. If you brought a Bible or a mobile app with a Bible app, go to Ephesians 6. If you don't have that, it's cool. I'll put it up on the screen. But, but listen to me. I'll never forget the day my pastor said, bring your Bible. He said, read your Bible. I never heard that growing up. I'm telling you, you get into God's word. Well, that's what, that's what, that, that, you're going to, well, you're going to learn about the armor of God and God's word. That's where it's at. I'll unpack it for you. We'll do it together. But in Ephesians 6, so Ephesians, a guy named Paul, who was hopeless and helpless and a heathen. I mean, if you don't think there's hope for you, what you're doing, the thoughts you're having, the things you're looking at, the people that you're hurting, I'm telling you there is hope for you. If there's hope for a man named Paul who changed the world by planting churches, there's hope for you today. Paul was literally transformed. And after he was transformed, he started to plant churches around the Mediterranean Rim. One of them was in a place called Ephesus. Now, Ephesus is modern-day Turkey. Okay, that's kind of where Turkey, that is where Turkey is today. And, and Jesus lived in that area. So Paul's planting churches. He plants them, and then he writes to them. 
right? He, we don't have Instagram yet, so he's writing letters, and he's sending him encouragement. And in the church in Ephesus, he writes a letter, and at the end of the letter, he's, he, he spells out what we're going to teach over the next eight weeks. It's going to change your life. Like, I don't know if you came here to be changed. If you didn't, I tell you what, if you're receptive to the word of God, God is going to rock your world. So Paul's not just writing to a church in Ephesus. He's writing to you and I. This is the word of God. I'm going to read you the whole, the whole scripture, like 10 verses, and then we're going to unpack today's, okay? So this, for the whole premise of battle born, say battle born, okay, you're with me? Listen to this. Paul says one final word. This is the end of the book. This is the end of Ephesus or Ephesians. One final word, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all, say all. All. It's important. Put on all of it. It's all going to, you need it. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, against, but, but instead against evil rulers and authorities in an unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, and here he gets into the armor, put on every piece of the armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in this time of evil. After the battle, you will be standing firm. And I believe that's what you want. We are in a fight. We are in a battle. Paul, what's the armor all about? Well, he tells us, stand firm. Verse 15, or excuse me, verse 14, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. There it is. And the body armor of God's righteousness for shoes, put on the peace. Say peace. Peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit. That, my friends, is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit at all times. Say all. All times. On every occasion, in the good and the bad, stay alert and be persistent in all your prayers for all believers everywhere. Today, we set the stage for a battle that we face. I cannot wait. But before you go to battle, before you go to fight, you need to know who you're fighting. Like, who's the enemy? Say, who's the enemy? That's, you're, you're getting closer to the title of the message. Because you, you can't defeat what you cannot define. I've told you that before. You can't defeat what you can't define. And some of you, the battles that you think you're facing or the enemy that you think you're facing is not the enemy. This is what God is going to do today. We are setting the stage. Who are we fighting? Who's the enemy? The title of today's message, Know Your Enemy. Say, Know Your Enemy. Do you know your enemy? Right? Boy, the spirit of Green Day. Do you know your enemy? Okay, anyway, so some of you get excited when I sing, so it throws you off. Um, you don't? Well, lie to me. Um, okay, do you know your enemy? I want to read the first few verses again to make sure you catch it. Remember, Paul said a final word. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of your ex. What? Wait a minute. I don't even... All the strategies of, no, of the devil. And some of you are like, well, my ex, the devil, my ex, the devil. <laughs> no, okay. All the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Remember, we're fighting against the devil. Against evil spirits, principalities, unseen rulers in this world. 
and the world around us. There is a battle we're going on. So your ex, though you might think he or she is the problem, is not the problem. Your husband or your wife is not the problem. Your kids, though they may be crazy, especially if they're teenagers, they're not the problem. They're not the enemy. That coworker, that one that you secretly want to murder, you know that one? That they're not the enemy. That person who drives under the speed limit, actually, they, they might be the enemy. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. They might. God hates when you do that. Stop it. So, but they're not the enemy. They're not. The devil and the demons are our enemy. Okay? And until we acknowledge that the devil is a real entity, you'll never know what battle you're facing. So many people think they're facing a battle in their neighbor's or, or their friends who were friends, they, it might be manifesting themselves through them, but we're not, we're not fighting them. See, the devil's using that. He is using that both. He, he, it's, the heart, it's the problem in the hearts of the people that the devil is twisting. The internal struggle and the external struggle. So really, we have three enemies. If, if you want me to get theological with you, there's really three enemies. Okay, We know the devil and the demons. He's kind of orchestrating a lot of it. But he uses two other things. The world, say the world, and the flesh, say the flesh. But wait a minute, the flesh, Monty, you said that we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. Okay, what, what the Bible says there is you're not fighting against other people, flesh and blood, but against unseen, unseen rulers. But the flesh that I'm talking about is, is your struggle internally. So externally is the world, internally is your flesh. Let's start with the devil, though. Let's just, let's just call him out, okay? The devil and the demons. Who, who is this guy? So literally the name devil... The name devil means accuser. So he's constantly accusing. Revelation would say that he, he accuses us people day and night before the throne of God. He's an accuser. He knows if he can get you accusing yourself and accusing others, he's winning the fight. The word Satan, which is another name for the devil, means adversary, enemy. This is an enemy of God, God's chief enemy. And if you're a child of God, well, what do you mean child of God? Okay, what I mean is, when you call on the name of the Lord Jesus, God's son, like, and you, you ask him to save you, the Bible says, and you believe in him, he'll do it. And once you're saved by Jesus Christ, all of a sudden, you, you enter into God's family. And it means you're, you've been adopted. So now you're a child of God. So that means if the enemy is, a, is, 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 if the enemy, if the devil is God's enemy, so are you. And he's your enemy. So does that make sense? That's who they are. The demons... When it says evil rulers, principalities, um, authorities, it's talking about the demons, okay? So the devil's different, way different than God, okay? Devil's powerful, God is all-powerful. Devil can't be all places at all, all times. That's what, he has a legion of demons that he will send out. He orchestrates and sends them out. This is, this is a real thing here, okay? But he can't be all places at all, all times. But the demons, he uses his army to do his bidding. So we need to know what we're dealing with. Let me give you some more names of the devil, our enemy. He, the Bible says he is a, a liar, a murderer, a thief, a deceiver. Um, there's more. Tempter. He is all those things. And he has a mission along with his, his army. Kill, steal, and destroy. Anything good in your life. Anything. I'm talking anything that would bring you closer to the Lord. Anything that would bring you joy in a righteous way, he wants to rip it away. And if you feel joy in your life has been steal being stolen from you, he is your enemy. He is the one doing it. I, I need you to know this. The world is our enemy. 
The world, God uses, or the devil uses the world. The flesh, the flesh is your internal nature to sin. It's your internal bent to do not the right thing, but the wrong thing. You're born with it. Did you know that? So you're born apart from God. You're born to a sinful world, which makes us born sinners. So that's what it means. Nothing you can do about that right away. That's just the way it is, right? Now, if you don't think you have a sinful nature when you're born or a young age, throw a couple toddlers in the room together, okay? See what happens. Casey, you got a toddler, don't you? Yeah. Well, he's actually a little bit older than a toddler, isn't he? But toddlers, you could put two in a room, give one toys, put a camera on them, and just kind of, you know, leave the room. See what happens. One's going to get up and go to the other one and steal his toys and say, mine! And the other one's going to get up and walk over and hit him in the head with a toy and say, mine! And they're going to fight back and forth. And that's what's going to happen, I guarantee you, you know? That's, and then when you come in to confront him and say, listen, Junior, did you throw that toy at his head? No, I didn't do it. I mean, not only are they, like, beating each other, but then they're lying about it. You can show them the footage. But this is you right here doing No, that's not. That's not me. Okay, whatever. So you get the point. We're, we don't have to teach a little kid to tell a lie. They just kind of know how to do it. You don't have to teach a kid to swat another kid in the face. They, they're good at that. So um, adults are good at that, but whatever. I'm talking about kids right now. So... You get the point. We're born with a sinful nature. That is our flesh. Um, and, that, and that's what it is. And remember the devil, how I told you he's a deceiver? What the devil's doing to us today is he's pitting friend against friend. He's pitting neighbor against neighbor. He's pitting coworker against coworker, husband against wife, mother against child. And, and he's convincing us that the enemy is the one before us when that is not the truth. Okay? So that's what we need to know. We shouldn't be surprised. That's what the Bible even says. If you were here last week or you were listening online last week, iTunes or Spotify, the stuff that we're on, Pastor Casey brought a word. Now, did Pastor Casey bring the word last weekend or what? I mean, light, I'm the light of the world, Casey? I like that. Yeah, some days I am. I mean, it's debatable. But God is light and our light, he's talking about light. Do you know what the Bible says? Check this out. This is how good the devil is at what he does. It can blow you away. 2 Corinthians 11.4, Paul wrote this too. But I'm not surprised, Paul said, even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Wow. So, so the deceiver can even appear like an angel of light. So if you don't think you can be deceived by the devil, you've been deceived because he, that's what he does. Not only is he a deceiver, he's strong in what he does, and he's so subtle. Like he, that, That's what makes it so deceptive. Just the subtleness. It's like, it's like the surcharges and fees on your cable bill. I mean, they're subtle, but they're there and they're painful. Well, what do you pay a month for cable? Well, see, I signed up for the $69 package. Oh, yeah, me too. So that's what you pay? Oh, no, I actually pay $147 for cable. But, but I signed up for the 69 You get it? It's painful, but they're there. He is so subtle at what he does. And here's what he wants you to believe. He's invisible, which he is. And that makes him not real. So if I can't see him, and I can't, I can't feel him per se, he's not there. That's what he wants you to believe, okay? But it's like, uh, it's like germs, okay? How many believe in germs, right? Yeah, okay. Some of you, you need to take science, okay? They're, they're real. So um, germs are real, okay? They're in the air, they're in the water, they're in you, they're in me. They're in our food. Some of you are kind of already getting grossed out. Okay, who's a germaphobe? Let's just be honest. Germaphobes, you got sanitizer on you right now? Yeah. So if you're next to somebody that just raised their hand, give them a big hug. I mean, let them know you love them. So we're trying to help you. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I say stuff. Uh, so anyway, they, germs are real, 
right? We can't see them, but they're there. So what do we do? We use sanitizer. We wash our hands. We try to eat well and drink water and build up our immune system. Why? Because we know they're real. Now, if you don't believe in germs, well, then you're not too worried about doing the things that would prevent them. You may not. Let me, do, let me give a different illustration, okay? Now this, who, who knows what this is? Yeah, I just shout out vacuum. Actually, it's not just a vacuum. This baby is a Kirby cleaning machine, baby. Look at this. Retro, old school. This thing weighs about, I mean, you could do curls on this thing and you, you don't need to buy weights. It's huge, but it's powerful. So never in my wildest dreams would I think I'm going to be the owner of this. Like when Jose and his friend showed up in a van in front of my house, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know I was going to buy this from Jose that day. Didn't. They had no intention of doing that. So remember that, Jody? Jose and his buddy came to her house and he wanted to say he's going to clean my carpet. So I let him in. I mean, I'm, I'm always up for a good free cleaning. So I didn't know we were going to spend the next three and a half hours together. I didn't know that. I mean, who knew? Jody, Jody gave up about a half hour and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm leaving. You know, it's just painful. But I was intrigued. Dude was doing things with this that, I mean, it, some of the stuff he was doing, I think it's illegal in like 40 states. I don't know. It was weird. So, but he was showing me the power of it, yet the... I, it was, I was intrigued. Plus, he was cleaning my carpets for free. So I thought, okay. Now, when Jose gave me the price of this baby, I hit the floor and almost died. And when I got up off the floor, I said, Jose, that ain't happening. Okay? That ain't happening. I'm not taking out a second mortgage for your stupid vacuum. Okay? I won't do it. But that didn't stop him. He kept cleaning. I'm like, okay, I told you I ain't buying it, but you can clean my carpets. And then Jose said something to me that was weird. I wasn't expecting it. Jose said, have you ever vacuumed your mattress? And I said, no, I have not vacuumed my mattress. And he says, he says, let's go to your bedroom. I thought to myself, that's weird, but let's do it. So 45 seconds later, we were in my master bedroom stripping the street sheets off the bed. And Jose was up there just going to town on my mattress. And I thought, I never dreamt in a million years this would ever be the scene in my house. But whatever, there's a lot of things that happen that are kind of strange. But so he's vacuum literally vacuuming my mattress with this monster and and he puts an attachment on here he hooks it up right here where you can see what he's sucking up so you can literally see and as he's going to town i see this little white mound building and like all this like dust and i'm like oh i, I look at it and i said jose i said that's a lot that's quite a bit of dust and he said well that's not dust and i said well, what is it i'm kind of freaking out here it's not dust. What? What's happening right now? So he says, no, oh, those are dust mites. And I said, and I, I wish I would not have asked the next question, but I did. Not the brightest bulb. And I said, I said, what are dust mites? And he, he took out a brochure and showed me a picture. I mean, I'll, I'll show you one of the things up on the screen. The, he showed me these little disgusting tentacle-laden monsters. And I thought, my I said, those are in my mattress? I yelled, Jody, we're going mattress shopping. This is wrong. I mean, in those days, like, oh, Monty, you can go mattress shopping, but you're just going to get them again. That's not the answer. He said, this is the answer. This baby, he'll, it'll take care of them. And then I said, Jody, get the checkbook. We're buying a vacuum, okay? And we did. But you know what? I would have never bought this baby if it wasn't for, by the way, I got a great deal. I did not pay full price, Casey. I'm not that dumb. I mean, I'm slow, but not that slow. So, but this thing, this baby, I'm telling you. I, but, I, but I saw the enemy. 
when I saw it, I mean, okay, take that off. That's disgusting, okay? I, we don't want to look at that anymore. This is, the, this is the house of the Lord, not whatever that was. So that is of the devil. Um, this, seeing that, though, it changed every. I was like, ooh, that, I know the enemy. I don't want that. And he showed me how to get rid of it. So your armor that we're going to look at for the next eight weeks, you're going to armor up. And you're going to need every piece of your armor to do what God is asking you to do. Because the enemy, though you can't see it with the naked eye, you can't see him with the naked eye, him and his demons, they are real. And they have a mission. And it is not good. But we have a God. And he is good. And he's got a plan. And we're going to get to it. Here's the deal. Maybe you've heard this. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. And that's what he wants to do. Oh, the devil, red, pitchfork, you know, pointy tail. No, he's real, and he is vicious, and you need to know your enemy if you're going to have any chance at success. This is why we're talking about this. So, because you are in a fight. Demons are real, the devil is real, you're in a battle. And he takes no prisoners. See, he doesn't discriminate. He takes all comers, make no mistake. He could care less about your political party. Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter to him. Black or white, Hispanic, Latino, Asian, it doesn't matter. Male, female, single, married, divorced, it does not matter. See, the battle is real and we're in the center of it. But I'm telling somebody today, say today. Today, God is raising up an army called the church, okay? And the gates of hell will not prevail if we do what God says to do. Well, God, speak to us. We need you. When you know your enemy, you'll know your strategy, okay? When you know your enemy, you can form a strategy. So I've read you the entire scripture, remember, verse 10 through 18, and then I read 10 through 14. I'm, I'm just getting it more refined for you today. Let me give you verses, I think it's 10 and 11. Yeah, it is, 10 and 11. Remember what Paul said? You've heard it three times now. A final word. Be strong in the Lord. Say, be strong. Okay? In, the, in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor. Say, put on. Yes, put on. And you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Say, stand firm. Be strong. Put on. Stand firm. Okay, if I'm not mistaken right now, God is telling us to take action. Everything I'm hearing there is not passive, but active. Everything that I'm hearing right there is saying, you know what? I know we're in a preparation strategy right now, but God is saying, you're not just sitting back. You're going forward. You're moving. So, so God is going to call you to take action today. It'll be up to him how he tells you to specifically do it, but I'm telling you, it is about action. It's kind of like faith. Faith is huge, but is faith action? It should be. Faith is not a state of mind. Faith is a course of action, which is exactly what we're talking about with the armor of God. I, I wrote, our commanding officer, God, has given us everything we need to remain victorious against the evil forces. He says this, I prepared a winning strategy. I've designed effective weapons for you. But if you don't do your part, you're likely to become a casualty of war. Okay? It's like going into battle. Oh, you know what? We're, we're good. I'm not going to armor up. Okay. You're in trouble. And, and hear this, the armor of God, I'm going to be straight up with you, Paul's writing to Christians. That's who he's writing to. The armor of God is for a believer in Jesus. Now I say that, if you're here today and you don't believe in Jesus, thank you so much for being here. I 
Thank you so much. This message is for you just as much as it is for anybody else. And if you don't understand that yet, you will, I promise, before we're done here. But the armor of God, and you might think, well, Christians, we, we got Christ in us. What do we? That's why you need the armor. That's why the fiery arrows come at you. See, God, when you're on the verge of a breakthrough and God is doing something in your life, he's not the only one who knows what's happening. So does the devil. And he will do whatever it takes to stop what God is doing in your life. This is why I'm so proud of you for being here. It's summer, right? It's getting nice out. And all the places you could be, you decided to come to the house of the Lord. And he's going to bless that. I promise you, he will bless that. He does. You are armoring up. And God wants to do something so supernatural in your life. Just trust me when I tell you. So it leads us to the main point. Remember the very first, the very first verse? One final word, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Let's be strong in the Lord. So what is the action? You're trusting God. If you're, if you're strong in the Lord, that means trust. Say trust. Trust is being strong in the Lord. Okay, so if you take notes, and I pray that you do, this is the main point. If you leave with nothing else, leave with this. When you trust God's plan, you have access to God's power. Okay, that is a true statement. When you trust God's plan, the, the plan is what I'm going to unpack over the next eight weeks, by the way, this battle plan. When you trust God's plan, you have access to his power. But if you're not trusting the plan, if you're not, and I'll show you exactly what the plan is here in a moment, you, you won't have access to the power. You're dead in the water without his power. You are. I mean, I love you. I care about you too much not to tell you this. This is why we're knowing who our enemy is. When you trust God's plan, you have access to God's power. But I, but I want to know something. Are you, because it's easy to say these things. Oh, trust God. Do what God says. Yeah, 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 I get it. Do you really trust him? In every area of your life. Even as the plan he lays out for you today. Are you trusting that he's in it? Do you trust when he, when, he, when he says, I will equip you in whatever battle life throws at you, I am there for you. Do you trust that even when things in your life are bad, that he is good? Do you trust that the peace he promises is actually attainable? Or is it just a word that we say or a phrase that we put on our wall? Oh, the peace of God. Do you trust? Do you believe? Do you trust in what he says he wants you to trust. He wants you to believe that peace is available. That, 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 that power is available. That faith is available. He wants you to believe it. He wants you to believe and trust that through him, all things are possible. But, I, but I'll just be straight up with you. If you're like me, there are days you don't trust that well. There might be days you're not trusting well right now. You're not alone. That's why I'm here. I need your encouragement and you need mine. And we all need God. So what, is, what aren't you trusting in God's plan for your life? What, what area of your life are you not trusting God? Maybe you need more encouragement. Maybe you need more promises. I know I do. I can't get enough. God, speak to me. I need more of your promises. So maybe for somebody that you need that encouragement, you need that promise, you need that help building your trust. Let me give you a word, what God says. This is what his word would say to you. That God, say God, that God who began a good work within you will continue that mighty work until the day that Jesus Christ comes home. That's good news for you and I. He's not done with you. In fact, he's just getting started with you. He loves you. And some of you, you walked in here dead in the water. You walked in here defeated. And God is calling to raise you up today. 
and say, my, my son, my daughter, you're not defeated. I will equip you. I will encourage you. And I will send you forth into a battle that I've already won. This is what he's going to show you. Man, if you walked in here discouraged, this message, it's for you. I need encouragement. I need to know that there's hope beyond the struggle that I face. And you do too. So God's plan, you know what God's plan hinges on? His son, Jesus. That's God's plan. When you and I were in our sin and in our struggle, and some of us, we're still right in it. God says, I've got my plan. I knew what would happen, so I've already orchestrated in advance. His name is Jesus. So we've, we've defined the enemy, the devil, flesh, the world. We're defining a battle plan today. We know our enemy. Now I, get, I need to give you some truths. I need to give you some prophecy, some things that some things that have happened to encourage you in your walk. Check this out. So if the world is our enemy, listen to what John, listen to what John writes in John 16, This is Jesus Christ speaking. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have trouble. You will. But then he makes a statement. Take heart. I have overcome the world. So he's defeated the world in that regard. He doesn't stop there because when you're in Christ, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you surrender your life to him, guess what happens? You, be, you become, you have his power. Listen to what Paul writes in Galatians. Let's talk about the flesh, these struggles that we, we, we deal with, our sin, our bent. Why do I keep going and doing the wrong thing? Why do I keep saying the wrong thing? Why do I keep hurting the same people? Why do I, why am I so dysfunctional? Listen to what, listen to what Paul writes in Galatians 2.20. My old self, that old self you talk about, that sinful self, it's been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. It's no longer you who live. It's Jesus Christ who lives in you now. There's hope in that. And as for the devil, our adversary, our enemy, you know what his lot in life is? I'll tell you. Colossians 2, 14 and 15, it says, Jesus Christ canceled the record of the charges against us. He took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Gosh! Guess it turns out the only thing big about the devil is his mouth because he's been defeated, which means we're not fighting for victory. We are fighting from victory because Jesus Christ has won, which means if you're in him, you win. You win. Jesus is the plan that you need. He is the armor of God. Jesus Christ is the, he's the answer to your deepest need. So, Jesus was God's plan. And when we trust God's plan, we access God's power. So it hinges on Jesus. This takes us to the gospel. This is the good news, right? And remember what I said, if you're not believing, maybe you're doubting Jesus. I'm glad you're here. Thank you for being here. Can I tell you what the devil does to you? This is one more scripture. Check it out. It'll blow you away. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4. Satan who is the God of the world. Remember when I told you that? It's right in the Bible. He is the God of this world. Well, why? Because the world is far from God. 
Satan, who is the God of the world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. So if you aren't believing right, day, right now, it's because he's blinded your mind. He's blinded you from the truth. And I've been praying for you all week that God would reveal his truth to you and that you would see that you've been deceived by the enemy. He goes on to say they're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. It's not their fault sometimes. It's like they've been, I can't see. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ who is in the exact likeness of God. They're one in the same. If you're not believe, believing, or if you're struggling in your faith, the devil is, is blinding you to truth. He's blinding you from, from hope. The last person who wants hope in your life is the devil. He will do whatever it takes to eradicate it. But from what we read, Jesus has overcome him. Jesus has defeated him, which is why you desperately need Jesus in your life. What is the action item for this week? Come back. Bring somebody with you. Next week, we start to unpack the specific pieces of the armor of God. Today, setting the stage. I gotta know who I'm fighting. I gotta know who I'm facing. It's not, it's not my wife. It's not my kids. It's not my job. It's the devil. We know that. And we're going after him. We are a church on the offense, not on the defense. So we go after the enemy. And I want to lovingly tell you this, that Jesus Christ died for you. Maybe like me, you believe in Jesus all your life, but you've never, you don't feel this power. You don't feel that, 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 like your friends seem to have it, but you don't. That's why you're here. This is why you're here. That you would call on the name of the Lord and you say, I believe in Jesus Christ. I want that. I want the power that he gives us. I want, I need that in my life. If you need that, the Holy Spirit is talking to you. The Holy Spirit is telling you to surrender your life to Jesus or recommit, whatever. Maybe you've gotten off track. My gosh, I've been there. Trust me. Oh my, in my addiction, I was a drug addict. If you're new here, welcome to Meadows. We're drug addict preachers every week, but God is good. God is powerful. But I'll tell you something about the power of God against my power. I tried to quit using drugs hundreds of times. And I saw the lives that I was destroying around me. And I begged God. You know what I didn't do? I never called on the name of the Lord until one day. Before that, I was dead in the water. It didn't work. Hundo. Time 98, time 99, time 100. Fail, fail, fail. Do you know why? Because I was doing it on my willpower. It's not about your willpower. It is about his power. When his power is in your possession, I'm telling you what, the devil doesn't stand a chance. If God is for you, who can be against you? Oh, I wish somebody would give God some praise for the next 10 seconds. He's so good to us. Oh, God. So here's the deal. I'm going to close in a prayer. For some of you, worship is just beginning. Praise God for that. Don't ever stop. God is equipping you and he's calling you out. He's raising up a son or daughter in this place. The connection cards, there's questions. You answer them. You return those cards and let us pray for you. Take a next step. Come next week. Bring somebody with you. People are dying and they're dead in the battle and they have no idea. I got that friend who keeps complaining. They don't shut up. They're always blah, blah, blah. You know what? They don't know who the enemy is. They think it's social media. They think it's their name. They need the truth. They need truth. Devil, we're calling you out. 
We win. Jesus, I wrote this down. I said, because somebody here, I felt this, that you're carrying a weight when you walked in here. So I got I to gotta say this, then I'm going to pray for you. I wrote, if you're carrying a weight today that is too much for you, you, you were never meant to carry that in the first place. So today, God has brought you here to give that weight back to Him. Let Him carry what you weren't created to carry because that's why He wants to carry it. So whatever weight that has brought you down, God has asked you to give it back to Him right now. I'm going to pray for you. I, I, I'm going to pray for your family. I'm going to pray for every area of your life. And, and if this is what I'm asking from you. You would respond to God today, whatever He says. For some of you, you're going to surrender your life to Christ and you're going to let us pray for you. We will celebrate that and we'll never stop. For others, you're going to let the prayer team lift you up and pray after the service. For others, you're going to talk to somebody and say, my God, I'm learning about this armor of God. It's nuts. It's crazy. Pastor's out of control. Psychopath has a vacuum cleaner on the stage. I don't even know. I don't even get him, but whatever. You got to come. You're going to tell somebody because people desperately need the truth. And we are going to boldly declare God's truth. We will never stop. I don't care. It might clear the room out. I don't care. I, don't, I will never stop preaching the word of God. You need it, and so do I. We'll never stop. We'll never stop. Father, oh boy, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your message. We need you today. Do we know the enemy? We do now. Thank you, Father, for revealing it to us. I pray for anybody here that struggles with belief in your son Jesus as your son who died for us and rose for us. Anybody who's never called on your name, God, and ask you to come into their life, I pray they do it now. For others who have, they believe in you, God, but they're not living like you want them to, and they know it. And you're not mad at them. All you're doing is calling them home, saying today is your day. Today is a new day. And that they would surrender it all to you. Every area of their life. Even that little 2% that they don't want anybody to know about, because you already know about it. And you just want them to surrender it. So they can start living the victory that Jesus already has. God, do what only you can do. I lift up everybody. I lift up struggles in their life. I lift up their family. I lift up their, their job. I lift up their, their, their physical bodies. I lift up their mental state, God. Do what only you can do. God, bless our church. Bless our people. Let us boldly go this week and, and bring people into your house so they can hear a word of encouragement and faith and truth that we are battle-born, that we are battle-ready, that we are prepared to fight. And we don't fight for victory. You've already done that. We fight from victory. We'll never stop declaring it. God, I'm going to say it again. In you, the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name I pray and everybody says, Amen.